Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Tuesday, August 31st, 2021. Why? That is a question all of us have asked in our lives. In fact, it's a question that no doubt many of us still ask on a pretty frequent basis. We look at the world and see headlines of suicide bombings and hurricanes, and we say, why? Why do these things happen? Or we go through things in our own lives, and we scratch our heads and say, why? Why is there this diagnosis? Or why is there this broken relationship? And what we need to realize is that why is the wrong question. Instead, we need to be asking who. And that is what we are going to see as we wrap up the book of Job today. And now the the story of Job, we've been going through the parts of Job that are much less familiar, but the general story of Job is pretty familiar. A lot of people know the general idea of what happens, that Satan kind of challenges God, that there's this righteous man named Job, but if you take everything away from him, he will curse you to his face. And Job does not curse God. In fact, he says, hey, Blessed be the name of the Lord. He gives and he takes away. And we're still singing about that now thousands of years later. And so those are some good things that we see from Job. And we do see in the midst of all this, Job holds on to his integrity. He continues to seek to do the right thing. But we also are going to see Job now repent at the end of the book. Not repent because he's cursed God, not repent because he's forsaken God or given into some sin in his life, but he's learned something. He's basically learned that he's been asking the wrong question. He's been asking why, when really the question we should be asking is who? And the answer to who really is the Lord God Almighty who shows up here at the end of the book of Job. And that's what we're going to see as we look at chapters 38 through 42. And it starts, I mean, we don't get any response to Elihu, the friend we've been looking at the last couple days. No, God appears, says in the beginning of chapter 38, then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Dress for action like a man. I will question you and you make it known to me. And so we've seen Job now questioning God, and God shows up and says, what's going on here? Dress, Get, get dressed, and I'm going to ask you some questions, Job, and you answer me. Wow, wow, I mean, now you can start to see, even with that tone, why Job repents as he does. And then the questions he asks Job are like this in verse Four of chapter 38, where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me, if you have understanding, who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? Or what on what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy? And he asks Job all these questions and the answer to all of them is you, the Lord. You are the one that has done all of these things. Or 
Again, we, we see a similar idea in chapter 40, uh, starting in verse 7. Again, we see dress for action like a man. I will question you and you make it known to me. Will you even put me in the wrong? Will you condemn me that you may be in the right? Have you an arm like God? And can you thunder with a voice like his? And we see him asking these questions where the implication is, no, you cannot understand what I know, what I do. That we see God reminding Job, really, that he is so far above and so far beyond. And that is something that we need to be reminded of, not just from time to time, but often as we go through this world and we see things and say, I don't understand these things. uh, We need to realize there is a God who does, and he is so far above and beyond us. And he not only understands these things, he is sovereign over these things. And we need to start asking ourselves a better question. We need to Stop asking so much why. Why is God doing this? Because if we go down that road, eventually we're going to start basically saying, I know better than God. And and in some extent, that's what God accuses Job of in chapter 40, verse 8. Will you even put me in the wrong? Will you condemn me that you may be in the right? We're saying, God, God did something wrong. When we start going too far down the why road, Said we need to be asking who and reminding ourselves that God is sovereign. God is in control. And so it's really that we see Job repenting of this. Uh, we, We see in the middle of chapter 40, he says, Behold, I am of small account. What shall I answer you? I lay my hand on my mouth. I have spoken once and I will proceed and I will not answer twice, but I will proceed no further. And then after God asks more questions in chapters 40 and 41. Um, We see Job then responding in chapter 42, Job answering the Lord and saying, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Who is this that hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I have uttered what I did not understand, things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. Hear, and I will speak. I will question you and you make it known to me. I had heard of you by the hearing of my ear, but now my eyes, my eye sees you. Therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. So we see Job respond, but we need to remind ourselves instead of asking why, instead of trying to figure it all out, we need to say God is in control. He can do all things. No purpose of his can be thwarted. And we need to remind ourselves of the characteristics of God, that he is holy, that he is sovereign, that he is wise, and also that he is good and that he is loving. And we're even reminded of those attributes at the end of the book of Job as God restores Uh, so much of what was lost, even doubles, uh, you know, all the material possessions that Job had lost, restores even him with, with new children that he gets to enjoy and raise. Uh, God is good to Job, but we we don't have any record. We, we know now uh, how this all started with God and Satan challenging him, but we have no record of God ever telling that to Job. It doesn't seem that God even explains why to Job, but He reminds him of who, and that's what what we need. And I really hope that as we've read through Job, if you're going through some serious trials in your life right now. And if you're being tempted every day to ask why, 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 that that you would instead ask who, 
And that you even would read some of these chapters at the end of Job and just remind yourself of the majesty of God. And you might say, hey, I don't know why, but I trust who? I I trust God. I trust that he is in control. I trust he is good. And so I'm going to follow him. And I'm actually going to hold on to some of the better things that Job said. I know my Redeemer lives. And and when he has tried me, I will come forth as gold. And I'm going to continue holding on to him. So as we wrap up, Job, I hope that encourages you, especially those of you that are going through trials. And I'd also just add this pastoral encouragement to you. If you're going through trials, make sure you're not going through it alone. Reach out to some friends in your life, probably in your local church, get them with you. And we can surround ourselves with better friends than the three friends of of Job, people that can encourage us. Well, as we continue to think about the majesty of God, we'll also be reminded of that from Psalm 104 today. It really fits nicely with our reading uh, in Job, where it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, O Lord my God, you are very great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty, covering yourself with light as with a garment, stretching out the heavens like a tent. Right, And so we see a lot of the similar language. And I always encourage when you're going through a trial, read through Psalms because we see the full gamut of human emotions and experiences in these ancient songs. And we see a vision of God that will draw us out beyond ourselves and beyond our feelings to really behold God for who he is and how powerful he is. Our last couple passages today are going to get us thinking along the lines of family. And first, we'll see uh, Luke 15 as we wrap up the story of a family, the story of the prodigal son. And here, really, we see a focus on the character of the older brother who is angry. He is bitter that the father has responded so generously uh, to this wayward son who has returned, saying, you never threw me a party. And the father invites him in and reminds him. And this is really a picture of God speaking to, of Jesus, speaking to these religious leaders of why it's good for him to celebrate with these tax collectors and sinners who have now turned from their sin and given their lives to Christ. But all of us should be warned by the character of the older brother, not to resent others, not to look down on others. And again, you're going to probably identify with one of the brothers in this story. And the the biggest difference is going to be, do you really have an appreciation and an understanding for the depth of your own sin or not? If you really understand the depth of your sin, you're going to see yourself in the prodigal son saying, I cannot believe that God would welcome me into his family. But if you think I've been doing all the right things, I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. What's wrong with everybody else? And then you're going to start to act more like the older brother, uh, somebody who thinks they've earned their place in the family by what they they have done. And it's hard to, you know, these parables aren't allegories with every little detail has a hidden meaning. Uh, but I think the general idea is the prodigal son is a picture of someone that's truly converted uh, because we were, there's no one who is saved that can say, oh, I was always good, Right. Everyone who is saved should be able to find identity in the words of the father here at the end saying, I, not the brother, but I was dead and am now alive. I was lost and am now found. And I hope that encourages us. 
Uh, finally, we go to 1 Timothy chapter 5, uh, verses 1 through 16. And again, to remember, this is a, one of what we call the pastoral epistles, because Paul is writing to some young pastors to train them and teach them really how to lead and how to operate a church. And since not all of us are church leaders, we should, as Christians, all be a part of a church. And there's so much for many of us to learn uh, in this in these letters. But here he's trying to talk to them, especially how the the church should be trying to care for certain people. And sometimes that even involves financial support. And one group that should, um, the church should be making sure has their physical needs met is widows. And here, as we see that, he even talks about though a certain kind of widow. And and even it puts an obligation before something would even get to the church. uh, Paul instructs Timothy that the obligation should first go to the family. And look at 1 Timothy 5, verse 8. But if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for the members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Wow, that's very interesting. And that's a good opportunity for all of us to examine our own lives And make sure that there's ways we are caring for our family. Maybe some of you have aging parents. Maybe some of you even have a widow for your mother or your mother-in-law. And see here how scripture says, are you taking care of them? Are you providing for them? And the call that that places on our own lives. And as we think about all this, let's remember today, though, the main lessons that we saw in the book of Job. And again, I really hope that encourages some of you if you're experiencing trials. And if you're not right now, well, just wait a little bit. And and I'm sure the lessons of the book of Job will help you. And when you find yourself in those difficult situations, instead of asking why, let's ask who. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.